Hi, it's Michelle. Welcome to this segment of Daily Bread with Jam, a Holy Spirit You channel podcast. I want to remind and reiterate that this is a whosoever will channel. So thank you for being here. Thank you for giving of the time that God gave you today to share some of that, to be challenged, to be encouraged uh, here today. I posted, uh, we're going to talk about, before I hop into it, into this, I'm, going, I'm telling you that I did, um, before I rebranded the podcast several years ago, because I had done several episodes and then I stopped, um, did a lot of recording during the pandemic, and then I stopped. Um, not sure why I stopped, but I stopped. And then before that, re- so before that rebranding, I had recorded an episode called The Greatest of These is Love, which Holy Spirit brought to my remembrance several days ago. And so I reposted that. Uh, if you go back and look at some of the episodes that are posted uh, for the podcast, you will see that episode. And today I'm using that as a springboard into talking about why this is so important. Why do we say, why does he say, first of all, the greatest of these is love and what we need to understand about that in order to actually pivot out of cursing into blessing, in order to, for us to actually springboard out of cursing into blessing. We have to understand why the greatest of these is love. So now, that being said, we're going to hop right into that conversation. The greatest of these is love. What exactly does that mean? We say that God is love, and yet we are not living at, that, at the level we say we believe it at. That is not being demonstrated at the level that we say we believe it at. So if we, if we say that, one, we believe God, and two, that God is love, then why do not, do, don't our lives reflect that? What is the correlation? What do we believe the correlation to be? So if we are saying God is love, then that is what we should be walking in, particularly if we are attempting, wherever we are, spirit, soul, or body, we are attempting to believe, we are saying we are Christ-like, we're trying to live lives that represent Christ at a minimum, but we don't walk in love. I'm not saying that nobody does. I'm saying, in generally speaking, we are seeing less love than we proclaim we believe in. Jesus himself took 10, 10 categories of laws, total of 600 plus laws. The ten, we call them the Ten Commandments. And boiled them down to two. I call it the Ten to the Two. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength and, not or, your neighbor as yourself. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength and your neighbor as yourself. So what exactly does that mean? What does it mean that God is love? And if we truly believe that, why aren't we living like that? What does it mean that we have the victory when we say we, have, we walk in victory, we believe in the victory of, of Christ? We are, why aren't we living like that? If we're not living that way, that means we don't believe it and or we haven't aligned ourselves and set ourselves um, you know, humbled ourselves, repented of our sin in a way that God can use us in the manner that he desires to bless all the families of the earth with his love, by his love, by his spirit. So let's talk about what, what love means and what the correlation is between law and love. What is the correlation between law and love? Jesus says the law was the schoolmaster. 
This is what was what 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 we used we Father Son Spirit used to teach you. This is what we used until the greater thing came. The greater thing being His sacrifice on the cross. So what is He teaching us? He's saying, I wouldn't have if you walked in love, I wouldn't have to give you the law. When we talk about God being love, what we're saying is there are certain things that we will not do to ourselves, to God, and to others, and to ourselves if love is present. Because love is always going to put someone else's best interests first. Love is not fearful of losing anything, understanding that God can provide 100% for 100%. So anyone that's in existence or that has ever been in existence, God can provide for. We are the ones that talk about scarcity because we are not givers. We don't walk in love. When we walk in love, we ensure that everyone is taken care of. When we walk in love, there are certain things, spirit, soul, and or body, that we will not violate in and of ourselves or with other individuals. If you read the Ten Commandments, now summed up into two, the ten to the two, what God is saying is when you walk in love, there are certain things that you just will not do. That's why he says the greatest of these is love. Whatever law there is, whatever practice there is, whatever principle there is, the greatest of them is love because it reduces or eliminates the need for all of these other things that I have shown you to help you understand what love is, who I am, why I've told you to do this. We look at God's guidance by his spirit as restrictive. And in fact, he says, whom the Son has set free or at liberty, is free indeed. Not free in terms of you can do whatever you want. He is talking about the ultimate form of liberty is walking in love. Not in our way, in his way. But if we're not willing to listen, and we're not willing to align ourselves, we're not willing to repent, we're not willing to humble ourselves, he says you're not walking in love because there's always going to be that aspect of you that thinks that walking in love means you get to interpret what that means. He's saying the only reason you have the law is because the full sacrifice, and that's why when, when you know, in the scripture it says Christ fulfilled the law. Because it was the love of God for God so loved that he gave. That hadn't manifested. It was always implied, but it wasn't until the full manifestation, God in creation, Son in manifestation and demonstration, Holy Spirit in transformation. So it wasn't until there was a manifested, the manifestation where, where John 3.16 actually happened, for God so loved that he gave, that the love of God was demonstrated. It's always present. It's always being shown. But we had a... a a specific point in history to point to and, and say, for God so loved, he gave his own and his only begotten son that none should perish. He does, he's no respecter of persons, but he does respect choices. 
So none should perish has nothing to do with his capability or his desire. It has to do with what we choose. So when, we, when he talks about Christ fulfilling the law, we're like, well, he did all of that. He did, oh, yes, because he walked in love. He did what was in our best interests, not what was in his own best interests, because if that was the case, he, he, didn't, he wouldn't have come down. Law supersedes, the law of love supersedes every other law because it means that we will inherently not violate God, ourselves, or each other. It means there are certain things that we are prone to, we are inclined to, to do and to be and to think and to say as human beings that the law, if we were walking in the law of love, we would not do. Word of God, seek not your own, but everyone, someone else's wealth, not financial. The betterment, the wealth, the richness, the abundance of someone else's spirit, someone else's soul. Ensuring that everyone has what they need at a minimum. God says, no, I'm not the problem. I'm not, I've done everything I needed to do. Whether you accept it or reject it is entirely up to you, and I created you to be able to make that choice. But just understand, I'm still love whether or not you walk in it. Understand, I still brought you the victory whether or not you accept it. Understand that I have made it possible. I not only have I made it possible, but I have forgiven you whether you receive that and forgive others or not. The law of love. The law of love says even if you don't agree with me, you can continue to do what you need to do. But because these things are in place, and this is what I think we miss, we think that because we make the determination not to comply, then the law doesn't apply. Well, I don't believe in God, so no, that's not how it works. It was here before you got here. It's here now, and it's going to be after, here after we leave. We don't get to dictate that. What we get to do is determine the level to which we will be blessed to be a blessing in and through it. Gravity doesn't go away just because I don't believe in gravity. There are certain things that were present when we got here, they're present now, and they will be present when we transition. But he loves us enough to allow us to make the choice. I put before you life and death, therefore choose life. I put before you blessing and cursing, therefore choose blessing. The law of love is, in Christ, is the fulfillment of the law because everything he did was for us. Love. We think we know what love means. We want to condemn people for their choices. And even if we don't agree, it doesn't mean we have to try to destroy each other because of our disagreements. This is the other part. 
I can disagree with you and still love you. Agape. Doesn't mean we won't be upset or frustrated or annoyed. We don't, we, we're not good at doing that. And so the Lord, Lord is saying, I did what I needed to do. You are left with the choice to make. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the choices to be made are, are ours. I don't need to spend a lot of time here. I don't feel like that's what the Lord is saying, but I did need to, to bring, I felt impressing on me to, to continue to expand the conversation around the greatest of these is love. For you and for me. That place where we step outside of our offenses and our uh, aggressions and our prejudices and biases and all of these things to say, if I believe that God is love, then I have to do what I have to do to take on, to take that on, not, not apart from him, but to humble myself, to agree with him so I can walk in that. Because when we walk and, and we, we, we desire to live a life of being blessed to be a blessing, what happens is we, get, we, continue, we are continually blessed. That's the whole, that is the principle. You are blessed to be a blessing. We like the blessed part. We don't necessarily like the blessing part. If we like the blessing part as much as we like to be blessed, then guess what? We wouldn't have most of the issues or even all of the issues that we have within the human condition. When we reach a place where what we desire is someone else's good over our own on a consistent, habitual, and just it's ingrained and embedded in our belief system that that's how we live, we will see less of the destruction and the uh, degradation that we see. If we would live all the time, and this is my belief, I firmly believe it. If we would live all the time in a state where something had just a condition, a mind, a a heart, where we were always responding to each other the way we come together when a negative thing happens, if we just lived like that, we would see less trauma and less tragedy. Because regardless of our divisions, which are in many cases unnecessary, we are all part of the human. We are all humans. I dare say 80, at minimum, 80% of us we have in common. 80% of what we, who we are, we have in common. We don't like to talk about that because it doesn't serve our purposes. But regardless of, of what happens, when there is something that, that, that is, is tragic or traumatic that comes into a community, then people rally around that. It's, it's like the blood rushing to the spot where the bruise is or the pain is. The blood in our bodies rushing to that spot to heal it. If we lived like that, apart from a trauma or a tragedy having to happen, we would see less trauma or tragedy. Why? Because everything, everyone would be getting the love that they needed. We would be living in a place of love. We would be giving out of a place of love and not reciprocation. By the way, any kind of giving that expects, anytime you give and you expect something back, 
you're not giving, you're transacting. That's not the kind of giving that God honors. He honors, I'm letting it go, I'm releasing it to you, now it's between you and God, I'm going the other way, or whatever it is. Giving with no expectation of return. That's giving, not transacting. So when we live at that level, the level of love, the level of victory, the level of forgiveness, and so on and so forth, the level of self-control, the level of patience that God has provided for, we'll see less of the other. Springboard out of cursing into blessing. Pivot out of cursing into blessing. He's saying it's time for, for those that are going to choose, this is the time to be choosing. Christ fulfilled that. God so loved, that's why Christ came, for us. Please don't act like either God didn't have choices or Jesus didn't have choices. He articulates his choice. Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass. Wrestling. He had a choice. That's why that's in there, to show us that he had a choice. Now we have choices to make. I love you, Agape. I bless you. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Michelle. I'll see you next time on Daily Bread with Jam, a Holy Spirit You Channel podcast. Bye-bye.